0: you're listening to the after the show movie podcast brought to you by ascully.com and here are your hosts AceScully and sid talk hello sid talk yellow hello world i've got the song chime by orbital Stuck in my mind. It's like one of those...
1: Well, then sing it. If you're going to say it, you got to sing it. (laughs) Are those the words? Or is this one of those crazy musical songs? It doesn't
0: actually have any words. It's a electronical music.
1: Ah. Electronical. (laughs) Is that a thing? (laughs) Well, it's EDM. Electronic dance music.
0: It's it's from a time before there was even an EDM.
1: It was before the time of real music. (laughs) Now, I like EDM, so I'm not making fun of it. I dig it's it.
0: from the time before EDM even existed. Yes. The
1: grandparent of Yeah, EDM. pretty much.
0: <laughs> um so yeah, if you uh, look that track up, it's a cool track. I think it's from 1990. So, Sito, what what's you be before the after the show discussion?
1: You were fixing these microphones and I was uh downloading the pictures telling you about these camera lenses which no one is going to care about. So
0: Maybe they will. Maybe they're budding photographers. Well, or-
1: I have purchased two lenses to go with my what do you call it starter nikon I don't know what they call it
0: d- d- DSLR.
1: no I mean what level it's a d 3400 and with it came an 18 to 55 zoom lens they call it the lens kit lens I've then since purchased a 50 millimeter young yo and a 50 and a and a, then a big zoom lens like a 70 to 300 nikon I'm doing testing because I know nothing of photography, but I need to know which lens looks good and how I can focus in the sunshine, blah, blah, blah. And I'm finding that my big long refurbished, I got it for a hundred dollars, the Nikon 70 to 300. And for anyone who's not into photography, this all sounds like mumbo jumbo. And it did to me too, about four months ago, um, the 70 to 300 Nikon on Amazon refurbished without VR. That's a virtual reality, not virtual reality. It's some kind of stabilization. I don't know what vibration reduction. That is how do you know that? How do you know that? I heard it mentioned. Yeah, it doesn't have that. Um, So, you know, because I'm new to this and I I know fuck all about uh, the photography part. I just went ahead and bought it. I now know why you have that because it's very unstable. However, I'm learning and it's uh, very sharp and I'm looking at pictures of it as we speak. I mean, from it, as we speak.
0: That is actually, vibration reduction is. Nice. when When you actually take a photograph and your camera rumbles slightly, it can make the lens move ever so slightly, making sure, making that you don't get a clear picture, right?
1: Yeah, and zoom lenses are like, it's just floppy as shit. I mean, it wobbles all over the place. And so, yeah, I need that. I'm, I, obviously, I don't know all the technical terms, but um, it's still good. It's really sharp. I'm looking at my pictures I just took about five minutes ago, and I'm happy.
0: Nice. All right, so that's before or after the show. We're not a camera show. No. <laughs> and uh, we are a uh, movie review show. And uh, it is Saturday, May the 26th. This is after the show 532. We look at a movie every week on Blu-ray or 4K or DVD. And this week's movie is Red Sparrow. It's a 2017 movie. Releases on Blu-ray May the 22nd. So you can pick this up now. It's rated R. And it's from our friends at Fox who sent us a copy for review. So, Sid talk, give us the short synopsis of Red Sparrow.
1: Espionage, intrigue, spies, manipulation, seduction, Russia versus America, snore. But still, I liked it.
0: <laughs> These are just descriptive words.
1: <laughs> hey, I warned you. If you want a synopsis that you can live with, don't ask me anymore. So from now on, you're going to get whatever creative thing pops into my head. All right. I don't think a person should listen to this podcast, listen to our synopsis, and then go, oh, okay, I think I'll go watch it. Either they've watched it and they want to know what we think, or they listen to all of what we say and then decide if they want to go watch it, which also is not a good plan, but whatever.
0: So Red Sparrow is the new um Collaboration, I guess, between Francis Lawrence and Jennifer Lawrence. No relation. Francis Lawrence was the director of the Hunger Games movies, and uh, it's hit, You know, Jennifer Lawrence was obviously the star of them, and she's now back with him, making a a totally different thing, which is Red Sparrow. Yeah, it's very different. To back her.
1: with them What are you saying? Are they a relationship? No, I mean they team up like a. Uh, okay. You
0: know, like Stanley Kubrick and whoever he. I don't know. You know whoever his actor was mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: Okay, I got it. Professional relationship. Got so, it.
0: So um it is a spy movie. I wasn't quite clear. Oh, let's start. There will be some spoilers during this um, review. So go and see this movie, come back and then listen to what we have to say or don't it, go and get see it spoiled. This
1: movie. <laughs> I'll get it spoiled. If that's your thing. Yeah.
0: So um let me just ask you a question. What time, um, what date was this set? I
1: don't know. It feels like mm, 2010, 2015. <laughs> it
0: was never really established though, right? No.
1: I, it could have been now. I mean... Why? It,
0: yeah. It's... I don't know. I, I couldn't tell when it was, but that didn't really...
1: The reason you ask is because floppy disks become an element, and then we're like, what? But then I thought about it, and if you do want to keep... If you have information on a floppy disk, there's not a lot of people unless you're in the spy world who can access that information Poss- you and i don't have floppy disks anymore drives anymore
0: i would say if you want the most unreliable source to put data on <laughs> use a floppy disk <laughs> or
1: maybe the floppy disk is a housing for some uh, something else we didn't right. they didn't it, go that deep possibly so. it,
0: it, it, they didn't have the scene where. But the, there were
1: smartphones and stuff, so we're not talking about like the 80s or anything here.
0: They didn't have the scene where the spy was putting the floppy disk in the drive and then like ejecting it and putting it back in and ejecting it and putting it back in and Correct. it would not read it. So, yeah, that was a bit odd. I, I was like, hold on a second. When it's towards the end of the movie where they do the floppy disk thing, I was like, oh, hold on, is this actually in the 80s? And then I was like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Everybody's got technology and stuff. So, yeah. So um, what did you think of Red Sparrow? I
1: liked it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I know it's not like, you know, we'll get to our um, recommendations in a bit, but it's not Atomic Blonde, which we both recommend, but it is, it's like, I don't want to say origin story because I don't know what the idea is here with this, if this is a franchise or whatever. However, I like the idea of kind of getting a background of why a person would get caught up in The spy world, at least it's one person. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it played out well, nicely paced, good music, good action that wasn't over the top. It wasn't like, you know, just too much for the sake of it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed the whole thing. It was... um, How about you?
0: I liked it. I have to say... Uh Uh-oh, here comes a butt. It's really well photographed like it's actually quite, kind of classy looking all the time
1: yeah very
0: um it's very different it's it's almost it's not a handheld kind of movie or anything like that it's real real steady shots and you know what as well it's
1: steady it, but it's not stagnant
0: right and there's there's almost no action in this movie like action as you would call like a, atomic blonde is full of action right mhm like always action but in this movie it's not action it's more mind games and seduction and some training sequences where you
1: don't actually see action. Which is actually pro- what probably what, if, if in the real world this stuff does exist, it's going to be mostly that. Otherwise, you'd hear a lot more about the big fights and the stabbings yeah. and the weird people dead in tubs and things.
0: So I almost, I respected it for that because it mm-hmm. didn't try and do what everybody else does and do a Jason Bourne. <laughs> like at some point I kept thinking
1: But Jason Bourne does what it does well. Right. That's the key here.
0: But that but Jason As Bourne's clearly an action movie, right? It's like you know, it, it it builds up to action set pieces. This movie doesn't. It's a more I was gonna say more of a thinker kind of movie, but it's not that either. I mean it's not like super complex plot or anything. No. It's in between there somewhere. But it's good. Like it's good quality. Um one of the things I don't want to go into negatives too much because I really liked it. However, there, there are some negatives: hokey Russian accents is my negatives.
1: Yeah, me too. Like that was my only distraction. No
0: Russian actors is my negatives.
1: Oh, none of them are.
0: Never a line of Russian dialogue or a subtitle. That's one. Of them, that's another one. Um, those things bug me a bit, like in Hollywood movies. But you almost have to like kind of. Well, that's what you're gonna get. You're not gonna get that, are you? It's like we've seen like, for instance, Valkyrie, which was a big Hollywood movie, but there's a lot of subtitling in it, right? You know?
1: If I remember correctly, they started all in German and then it somehow phased it, into it, English.
0: It did, but at least they had a go, <laughs> is what I'm getting <laughs> at. In this movie, nobody has a go and everybody's doing that, that Hollywood Russian accent, which kind of yes, irritated darling. me for a while at the beginning. But then I was like, okay, just get over it.
1: We well, have to get over it because why would all these Russian people be talking English to each other? Speaking uh, English,
0: that too, yeah, yeah. You know, it's they the would whole... all be speak-
1: Every time she answers the phone, she wouldn't be answering hello. No, and when someone's asked her a question, she wouldn't say yes. No, she would say da. Right, da is yes in Russian. Yeah, that's all I know. You are, you are. I know. Well versed in Russian. You I know. Could be a Red sparrow. <laughs> Food and that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So those are my negatives. But aside from that, I enjoyed everything about it. Like, yeah. I, I, I said to you while we were watching it, I really appreciate its balls, this movie. It's really graphic. When it need, when it is graphic, it's graphic. Like the scene at the beginning where she goes and beats some people up, mm-hmm. graphic is really graphic. There's a, there's a torture scene that is like, oh. It really goes for it. There's a, a rape scene, I would say. I would classify Absolutely. that as a rape. And it doesn't pull any punches. Like, it goes for it. And there's a... You know the scene where she... And that just
1: makes you... It just gives you what that character needs to do. Right. It's not
0: gratuitous.
1: I mean, some would say it is, because you could have it implied that that's what happened. But you don't feel the same necessity for her to then, you know, do what she needs to do. Like, you feel it. like yeah. And I'm not saying you have to show it, because you can always you know, we can infer from things. However, it just makes you go, oh, God, she needs to f- kill that guy. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> like... not the crap out of that guy. Do whatever you got to do.
0: It's like a kill bill scenario. If you don't yeah. see how badly the bride was treated, you're not really on her side as well. As soon as you see, oh, my God, they're leaving it, li- leaving it beat to death, you know, and then you're like, okay, I'm on the bride's side. she got to get revenge. Same here, really, but... You know, this movie uses a lot of sexuality throughout it, and it you know, the scene where they're training these girls to be you know, I, I said to you, Oh, this is like whore school and it turns out she called it whore school at some point.
1: Whore as in W H O R E not Wh-
0: Horse School.
1: That horse sounds school. a little horsey, yeah. <laughs> um
0: but there's a scene where she where the instructor just tells her to take her clothes off in front of everybody. You know, and they don't shy away from it. I don't know mm. if that was body doubling or what, but she actually gets nude, doesn't she, and stuff, you know? It appears so. So um, it's pretty hardcore in, at times. And, and I was, you know, for a Hollywoody type movie like this, I don't, you know, it felt almost David Fincher. Like, he's the kind of guy, David Fincher movies, where they go pretty extreme. You know, like we just, we saw Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Gets pretty extreme, right? Mm. Even Seven or, you know, um... Well, definitely seven. <laughs> they get pretty extreme those movies, and this reminded me of those where.
1: But seven, don't for, don't see you might be tricked. A lot of seven it lot is of what
0: they say right?
1: impl- Yes, you are told. Yeah. What has happened, and you see the end result. You don't see it happening, and you still go, "Oh my god!" Like, "Oh god!" But
0: I wasn't. I just wasn't expecting the level of detail. I guess I would put it in this movie. When it comes to sexual scenes and violent scenes and just the training of these girls, because we haven't really even explained what this movie is. They're not
1: girls, by the way. They are women. Women,
0: yeah. Um, It's one of those, like, it's also stereotypical, I think. (laughs) You know, like in movies, oh, Russians uh, do this. They're so tough. They do this sort of thing with, with their operatives. We don't know that, do we?
1: We don't know that. And like I said, if this is a thing and there is real spy shit in the world, then every country who has any sort of spies... Well,
0: I actually liked how they took half an hour of the movie at the beginning to get to the point where she becomes an operative. Definitely. Because, you, you know, this kind of film would normally start at that point 30 minutes into this movie where here she is, she's mysterious, she's in this, un- she's in this training school... And then you probably wouldn't get much explained. Probably get a
1: flashback. Right. But her
0: backstory is really explained at the beginning, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like for 30 minutes. And then you're like, Oh, I get exactly where she is and why she's forced into this situation. So then she goes, you know, it's a Russian operative training school and they're very hardcore and they teach these women to seduce men or, or other women because that's the easiest way to get, into somebody. So they
1: information, yeah.
0: Yeah. So they teach them like everybody, every human has got like a hole and you have to fill that hole. So if they need a Well, let's not
1: put it that way. Everyone <laughs> she says <they're laughs> filling holes is part of it, but <laughs> she says everyone is a puzzle with the missing piece. You yeah. need to be the missing piece. I'm being more
0: literal, I guess.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's part of it, but yeah.
0: But yeah, so they teach them this and you see them have to, they have to do practical demonstrations of some of this stuff in front of the other operatives. You know, it's pretty extreme. You see this training school happening and then you see her go out into the field and use her skills. And, you know, I think she has a really distinct, like she has a real good arc, like from the ballet dancer at the beginning to what she becomes right at the end on the runway.
1: That would be ballet dancer? You sound a little bit like you said belly dancer. Ballet. Ballet, yeah. Yep. I'm just interpreting for the people. These are your subtitles, everyone. She's a ballet dancer. <laughs> Actually, for what we've all also stereotypically, the Bolshoi Ballet. So... You know, you've probably seen in movies, TV shows, even comedy TV shows that all the ballet dancers, all the opera singers, everyone who's in any sort of like Russian sports Olympics, they're all spies. Yeah. They've all been trained to do that thing and to be a spy. And at any time, you know, they can infiltrate your society or they'll pretend to defect and then, you know, they're just gathering information. So they're kind of playing on that as well because she's with the Bolshoi. So,
0: which is the most. You claimed, yeah. I'd
1: say in the world, I'm guessing.
0: Jennifer Lawrence actually does some ballet dancing at the beginning, which I was like, is that real? Mm -hmm. Or is that I, Tonya level of, when we watched I, Tonya, and, Mm. you know, it was face replacement. Mm -hmm. I was convinced it was face replacement, and then I was like, now, they get really close up and it doesn't look weird. And then we watch the extras and it wasn't face replacement. They used a combination of a stand-in dancer who they used the, her legs. They didn't piece them together. They just filmed it like... Different s- angles, Different yeah. angles so you could... S- but there was never a point where I was like, oh, look, that Jennifer Lawrence got really small or, or she's the wrong size now. It didn't... No, it looked good. Yeah, and and she does an actual performance.
1: Now, we're not ballet dancers, so ballet dancers probably spotted it. We are ballet dancers. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) Oh, I could be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, there's a bit of, uh, it reminded me of the scene, you know, one of the Mission Impossible movies that took place in a ballet. Remember that? There was a big, like, sniper in the thing and...
1: Was that Mission Impossible?
0: Yeah, it was like Mission Impossible ghost protocol, I believe. Mm. But it reminded me of that scene from there. I mean, this didn't have, it wasn't as heightened as that, but it had that feel. Um, it's really beautifully photographed all the time. I did, you know, we watched The Hunger Games, which was uh, Francis Lawrence's movie, and The Hunger Games was all handheld. Do you remember that first Hunger Games movie? It was a little much. It was annoying. It was handheld. And then they kind of switched it up, and in the second movie, it wasn't at all. So I'm like, oh, Francis Lawrence is probably going to do that kind of action handheld thing, but it's the opposite, complete opposite of that. It's got an awesome score, which is all classical type music.
1: He, like J.J. Abrams, learned from their mistakes.
0: Yeah, surely. (laughs) Yeah, because it's completely on another level to that you know that say, that seemed very i don't know <laughs> annoying and this is just distracting
1: very- if it's a technique that adds to the story or makes it more dynamic or makes it more fun interesting exciting i get it if it's just for the indulgence of the filmmaker also fine however if i'm not in your story. I'm not listening to your story. I'm not paying attention to your characters, looking at your surroundings, all the other people who have put effort into making this movie and your one stupid little hang up. Oh, we've got to do it handheld. Oh, we've got to do the lens flares. That's about you. And you're, you're fucking with your whole story. I don't care what anybody says. It's a distraction. You know, people will talk about it, mention it, notice it. If it stands out, It's a distraction that doesn't need to be there. Unless the movie is all about... You know, if you took Scream and then made... um, What were the movies after Scream? Yeah, uh, I know what you did last summer. No, the the piss-take movies. Scary Movie. Scary Movie, was that it? Okay, so Scary Movie plays on... Well, Scream does it first. They play on all of the tropes of horror movies, but it's more serious. And then Scary Movie just totally takes the piss. If you made a movie... And took all these director and cinematographer, like kind of like film school 101 or new tricks and gadgets and just threw it all out there. Like every single shot was something weird. You could even make fun of Danny Boyle. You could make fun of, you know, with the all different kinds of stuff. If you did that, that would be fine. <laughs> but when your movie, like and in this one, you're right. There's no, nothing stood out to me. About the filmmaking, the design, the look, none of that stood out. And while that sounds like, oh, that's not good. No, that's perfect. Because I am in the world. I believe what I'm seeing. I believe I'm in Russia. I believe I'm in Budapest. I believe I'm watching these people. That's all I need to know. Technique shouldn't jump out at me.
0: No, and, um, and concerning the plot of this movie, I was, qu- I was quite impressed by how many twists and turns there were and how many I didn't see coming. No, to we've spoil. told you
1: spoilers, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't want to spoil that stuff. But, but
1: even saying there's twists and turns is a spoiler of, of sorts, because then you're sitting there waiting for it, right. and then you're like, oh, was that it? Oh, was that it?
0: Well, I did say spoilers, so. Correct. Yeah, So, but the, there are several twists and turns I didn't see coming. I don't know if you were the same.
1: Not really. I mean, I appreciated the way that they were playing it and everybody against each other, but I pretty much from the first scene from figured out. From the first scene? The, and the first scene with the yeah introduction. Well, the first scene of introducing a particular person and the vibe. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so, I know. I, I, I was I was taken off guard with a few things in it, um, so that was satisfying. I also like how it wasn't really trying to set up a sequel. It's not really that.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it's not. I don't know the plans for this person, but I like that her story is contained. Yeah,
0: you could do a sequel, but it's not. Clearly going at the end, hey, st- stick around for next year's sequel because here's what's going to happen. Yeah. It doesn't do that. I, I appreciate that because many movies kind of lean on that at the end of a movie. They go, oh, we might make this into a franchise. Even Atomic Blonde was kind of a bit guilty of that. The mm-hmm. end the end scene was like, oh, look, we're probably going to see her again. Um, so I- I'm appreciating. It felt restrained in a lot of ways, um, which made it feel more classy than it was. <laughs> if you get what I mean. Yes. Cause really it's a Hollywood it's a pretty simple spy movie, um, with Jennifer Lawrence in it.
1: Yeah, it's okay to like movies that aren't like mind bending and life changing. It's yeah. it's fun sometimes to just go along for well, the I ride. Like, I like
0: Marvel movies, then <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: I like bad zombie movies, so there you go.
0: So um moving mm-hmm. on the cast here, Jennifer Lawrence plays Dominica Egarova. Sorry for uh, my Russian pronunciation. So, what did you think of Jennifer Lawrence? I
1: thought she was good. I mean, she, the accent was a problem, I think, but I'm not Russian, so I can't really say it was really bad. I would like anyone who is Russian or, you know, speaks Russian or is around a lot of Russians, if you would like to tell us how good or bad it is. I felt like it was serviceable, but almost slightly insulting. Yeah, I would like her to have less words
0: (laughs) or speak in (laughs) Russian. With a subtitle.
1: Or establish very quickly that they have trained the Russian accent out of her.
0: So she can do any nationality. That or- she
1: just she has to sound straight up like an American. Yeah. I don't know why you would want that in this particular context of the story, because she never goes to America or has to really deal with a lot of Americans. However, if you're going to sell me on her, then make sure that I understand she went through hell having to get rid of that accent. But they didn't do that.
0: Yeah, now, at first, I you know, I'm still with Jennifer Lawrence, right? I do like her, but I'm still never been 100% convinced she's great. Mm. And, but I've not seen everything she's done, but everything I've seen, I like her, but I don't go, oh my God, she's the greatest actress. Do you know, get what I'm
1: saying? I mean, there's a lot of in-between there. So
0: yeah. in this movie, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I think I this this accent's bugging me, and... She's being very, like, drama I I don't even know if that means anything.
1: Drama-y? Drama-ish? Yeah, like,
0: too dramatic. A little bit over-dramatic, let's say. But then, once I started to learn what the character was exactly, I was like, because she has to pretend to be a lot of things, obviously. She's a undercover operative. I think it made a bit more sense. But at the beginning, I was like, oh no, this is, she's like a bit over the top. You know when she's got a like little crutch you know at the beginning? Yeah. I was like, oh she seems a bit over the top. You know, there's a few things I didn't buy, like a relationship with a mother, even though it hinges on the whole thing, really. It did felt a bit weird, like the scenes it between did. them.
1: Because it, we're it's it's explained in a way that makes it look like this lady's on the verge of death, and then at some point she's walking around yeah. and she's fine. I, I didn't quite grasp that. And the but...
0: emotional scenes where it's supposed to be emotional. Oh, she's with her mother, and her mother means everything to her, and her whole life hinges like on making sure her mother's okay. Yeah. But the scenes when she's with her, they weren't enough for me, or they felt they felt a bit weird, like she wasn't even a mother. It just felt
1: weird. So <laughs> That would have been a twist. <laughs> that's the twist, yeah. And plus, we never get explained. Obviously, her father dying is a big deal, and the uncle was the father's brother, but we don't know how the father died. No. But the the mother is very suspicious of the uncle, and it's like... Fill that in just a little bit for me. Just a little bit. Some but. people
0: would call those plot holes, but yeah. I, I call them those are things that will be explained in a, pr- a sequel,
1: possibly. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to go that far because that's really boring. Yeah, but. But,
0: the, but there was some stuff with her, but I didn't. I also, the, the romance aspect between her and Nate, um, I didn't 100% buy that either. There was slight uh, a romance kind of brewing in the middle of the movie.
1: Well, I mean, it was just sex, but it still felt like I don't know because you're led to believe it felt like it she's went She's from- trying to figure out what he needs. He's probably been trained to figure out how to use her, and then you're like, "Are they doing that?" But then it's kind of cold, and there's no, there's no yeah. like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but it was serviceable as well. But that's not Jennifer
0: Lawrence's fault. It's like script and you know scenes yeah. that she's in, but uh, yeah, I do like her, but and I've not seen. N- winter's bone which i should because apparently that's like great
1: well not necessarily to you but
0: but what i've seen her in my favorite one was american hustle i think yeah i really liked her in that um and the worst one i've ever seen her in was that passengers movie where she's in space with jurassic park guy
1: oh yeah that was not good that one you call him jurassic park but he's galaxy guy (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't forget.
0: Yeah, Passengers. He's he's the
1: Guardian of the Galaxy.
0: That one was a big disappointment to me. It was. It was really
1: weird. Yeah. Listen to that podcast if you don't know what we're talking about.
0: I don't think we reviewed that one. We just watched it. It's not
1: weird. Oh, did we not?
0: No. We just watched it, Mm. unfortunately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't like, you know, it was just confusing. It didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it made sense in... In terms of the story, it was very straightforward, but a lot of loopholes there with the science. Which yeah. oh, you know, sure, if you don't sure. care, that's fine. But I said uh,
0: the very end scene of passengers. There might be spoilers here. The very end scene: there's a tree growing up through the auditorium thing, through <laughs> the. And I said to you that scene would be better if those two were hanging from. Oh that my tree. god! <laughs> Do you remember?
1: <laughs> no, but that's terrible. <laughs> oh, he means that they've. That they're so lonely and desolately yeah, lost in space exactly. that they would commit suicide.
0: Yeah, I would have had that ending, but there oh again, no, I like a more dark theme.
1: It's <laughs> terrible. Um,
0: so Joel Edgerton plays Nate Nash. I love Joel Edgerton. I think he's an excellent actor, and I really liked him in this, yeah. I have to say. He's an Australian actor. He's doing a hokey Russian accent. It's really terrible in point parts but then he's an American sometimes. and that's Well, equally- he's an
1: American. Yeah, he's he, faking he has, the Russian. He's
0: faking the Russian, but also faking the American because he's an Australian, right? That is true. So that American that he fakes is also a bit...
1: No, his American is fine. You're not an American, so you can't judge. <laughs> I'm telling you it was fine.
0: Yeah, well, for me, it was...
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I really yeah. like Joel you Edgerton. You can't judge. That's like me saying someone has a bad British accent. True. You'd be like, no, it's it's fine. No, it's a fine, fine, fine British accent. <laughs> I don't know
0: what that is. <laughs> what is that?
1: I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You it's can like tell me Scottish, that that's bad. Possibly.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I like Joel Edgerton in this. I like him in things. I, think I like him is,
1: in things.
0: I'm trying to think what I like him in. And then I'm like, he's been in so many things, but I can't actually say. I was
1: going to say he was the newborn, but he wasn't. That was Hawkeye guy.
0: Yeah, that was Hawkeye. It would have been better if it was Joel Edgerton, I think.
1: Mm, I he's a little like. more intense. I don't know. The town. That guy was pretty intense in that.
0: Yeah. So um, I put down Charlotte Ramplin, who plays the matron. Did you like her? I think she did a good job of
1: what she needed to she do. She did.
0: She was awful in Dexter.
1: Oh, was that her? She was
0: Dexter's mother, remember?
1: Ooh. <laughs> Dexter was horrible.
0: She was all, yeah. The end of
1: Dexter ruined the entire show. And if anyone argues different, they're wrong. Period. The last season ruined the entire show? Ruined it. Ruined it.
0: I would say Charlotte Rampling here, going back to her, though. You know that scene where she's talking about Let's blame her. (laughs) You know the scene where she's teaching them? Mm -hmm. And she's, some of the stuff that's coming out of her mouth, I was like, oh my god. This is hardcore.
1: It is. But she did a good, (laughs) she did well.
0: Yeah, so I actually liked her. I thought she was good. And then uh, I also put down Jeremy Irons as General Kochno,
1: I mean, he kind of falls in the category of Ed Harris for me these days. While well, Ed Harris is great in Westworld right now, um, or previously, whatever. Jeremy whatever Irons. timeline we're on. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Jeremy Irons is one of those that, in this particular role, he does a pretty intense little speech there near the end. But other than that, he's just doing the stereotype. It could have been a cartoon character as a Russian. You know, general, whatever the hell he is, it, yeah. is a bit caricature um, esque. Caricature esque, uh,
0: with his sunglasses on indoors. Yeah,
1: and, and the um, smoking of the cigarette with his jaw yeah. hooking out, like his lips all pierced up, like it was like a, ha, 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 spinning of the mustache.
0: Don't get me wrong, though, I like Jeremy Irons; sure. he's a good actor. But yeah, he does a lot of um, just these. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a James Bond character. Something that's a bit over the top a little bit. It's, yeah. And exactly, like, insulting almost. <laughs> that's what it's like, but I guess that's what they were going for. It's directed by Francis Lawrence. You'll know him from directing Hunger Games. And he also directed a movie called I Am Legend with uh, Mr. Will Smith. Did you like that one?
1: I don't remember totally disliking it, but it also didn't do much for me.
0: You know, is my opinion on I it Am had Legend. It had a lot of
1: potential. This
0: is my opinion of it. I saw the trailer and I thought, oh my God, what an awesome concept. This America is, you know, messed up and there's just with one guy left. Like the last one on earth. Sure. And I was like, that's but awesome. But not funny. No, but <laughs> horrific. Like, And then I was like, that's awesome. And then when I watched it, it kind of, pro- it kind of uh, delivered that for about the first 20 minutes. And then when he met, you know, when he meets, yeah. then it just started to fall apart for me. Like it wasn't as good as like it started. But uh, And then it had a really bad ending. Do you remember? It was yeah. like a, not a good ending at all. And I think they actually did a version with a better ending, like on the Blu-ray or something, like because people complained about the ending. But anyway, I Am Legend. It's a big movie. It was a Off big topic. blockbuster movie for that summer. So what do you think of Francis Lawrence?
1: The director? Yeah. It was fine. It was um, like non-invasive. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a compliment, but to me, it's a good thing.
0: I feel like he's really grown. I think this is like, this might be the best thing I've seen from him. Like, it's well shot. I know that's that, that might not be 100% down to him. Might just be his director of photography. Hmm. But it's it's a well plotted out movie. It's interesting the whole time, I thought. Yeah. It's a good script. The whole thing is it's pretty good. The only thing is those insulting things, like I say, but you just have to get over that because that's how Hollywood movies operate, don't they? They're not. No Hollywood movie is going to have every actor speaking in Russian with subtitles the entire time, are they? They're just not going to do it. True. So you just have well, to...
1: Well, every Russian movie would, and then you could just put subtitles on it for everybody else. True.
0: So um, extras, there are a bunch, 90 minutes of extras actually on there. Um, you get to see Jennifer Lawrence do some ballet dancing you get to see get to see them doing the stunts there's a bit about like the uh, there was a book this was a book originally how they converted it into a movie um decent extras like well produced not those like cheesy ones i would say so um agree so what's your overall on uh, red sparrow i enjoyed it would you recommend it to everyone or not
1: those are my only two choices. I no, a, I would not recommend it to everyone on the whole planet or everyone I know. No. Very handful of people, just like every movie, most every movie, of people that I know who would sit down and enjoy this. You have a friend who turned it off after 20 minutes because he, actu- he was bored.
0: He actually turned it off after one hour, he told me. Okay. Um, Still, and he said, you've
1: invested an hour.
0: And his um, Hang in there. comment was, most boring movie ever made.
1: Really? Hmm. I, you know what? I could challenge him on that. <laughs> I know movies that he would be like, I concede that one was you not know, the most boring. Do you know that movie.
0: French movie called Blue? Where yeah. it's just a blue screen for three hours.
1: There's also the one driving for hours. It yeah. goes and then to make it to blowjob at the end. He wouldn't hang in there for that one either. Oh, it's literally was,
0: just that. That was the brown bunny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True.
1: It'd <laughs> be fast forwarding.
0: That was Chloe Cavenny, who gives the blood. It was. It? And it wasn't real, actually. It was just a prosthetic.
1: Right, well, it's a, it's a movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, I would definitely recommend this movie. It's kind of right on my alley. I like, you know, I like Bond movies. I like Bond movies. I like anything with some kind of, like, espionage or trying to, like, pretend to be another thing or, you know, I like that mm, kind of this stuff. This
1: is very telling about you.
0: This gives a um, good feel of like globetrotting a little bit as well it goes to different cities
1: just a couple yeah I mean, even you goes go to London, London for five seconds yeah. Budapest which could be anywhere because to me I don't know enough about these places but I'm convinced they're going there I yeah. just um, I don't know that for a fact and they probably didn't no but yeah it moves around a little bit I mean one
0: city looks like another city sometimes Mm-hmm. You know those first two places? They went from one place to the next place. They could be the same place, really, Correct. as far as the way it looked. But you do get a feeling of moving around. You do get a feeling of visceral. The torture scene, there is a torture scene in this mm. movie. So if you don't like that kind of thing, I was wincing at that
1: scene. Do any of us like that kind of thing? Oh, probably somebody <laughs> does. But no, we don't like to see it, but mm. it, it it's important
0: to this. And it's very wincy. It oh, was wow, making yeah. me go, oh. Ooh, that is really bad. So
1: yeah, how about um, the skin shaving uh, off?
0: Yeah, somebody said uh, <laughs> that this isn't actually, somebody said uh, on the IMDb reviews I was looking at was they took a, like a 14-year-old daughter to see this at the cinema and cuz she loves Jennifer Lawrence in the Hunger Games and like an hour and 15 minutes they just had to leave because it was too much. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't Do take your research,
1: it. Mom and Dad. Yeah.
0: This is not Hunger Games. <laughs> it's not the sequel. It's not the, you know, it's a different thing. And it is very adult and it is very...
1: It really took them that long because if I was my 14-year-old kid, it would have been about, I don't know, 30 minutes in?
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would recommend this highly. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was boring. And I <laughs> thought it was, you know, I loved Atomic Blonde. Recent, you know, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Mm-mm. And this is not like that, but it's that kind of vibe. It's just a different. I mean, it's take. a woman
1: who's a spy. Yeah, so. a different
0: take on it, though. It's, it's she's less, well, she's no less kick ass, actually. She's just as hardcore. You just don't see it.
1: No, she, um, I don't know about that. I'd have to disagree a bit.
0: So, um, yeah, I would recommend that. It's uh, from our friends at Fox. You can pick it up now. Next week, we're going to be reviewing a horror movie, and it will be The Strangers Prey by Night, which is the sequel to The Strangers, which was a movie from about 10 years ago with Liv Tyler that I really enjoyed, and that end scene really sticks in my mind. I can't even forget it. Do you remember?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That scene scene made the movie for me. I was like, holy shit, this is fucked up. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to see the sequel. So uh, stay tuned, and next week, you will bring that to you. So movie recommendations based on this movie. I'm going with, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Craig's first Bond film, Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. It contains a bit of a torture scene, and he's very undercover in that one. And it kind of reminded me a bit not of it. Not in
1: that scene, he wasn't.
0: No, he was not. But it reminded me, there was moments in this movie where I was thinking of Bond, so... That's a good thing because I love Bond, and obviously Atomic Blonde, which I also really loved. I love Atomic Blonde; it's got some awesome music. Um, she's really kick ass in it. I would watch it again.
1: Yeah, but do you like her better than Kick Ass? Uh, the movie Kick Ass, I mean. It's a
0: totally different thing. It is. Yes.
1: And I'm going to recommend Atomic Blonde because I just that came to mind. Um, so we've discussed that one, and because this week uh, I heard a story that. Um, In America, the birth rate has dropped consistently for however many years and a certain percentage and trying to figure out all the statistics as to why and what movie did I say it reminded me of? Children of Men. Correct. Because in that, the population slowly started going down. Women stopped getting pregnant. Eventually, we get to our slice of the story where no one has had a child in like 20 years. Something's happened on the whole planet to the human race. Where no one is. And it was creepy. Like, it showed abandoned schools and, like, this 20-year-long party of, like, the end of the human world, basically. Things have really fallen to shit. And its I don't know if it's as good as I remember, but I, I remember really being like, whoa. It's very
0: good. And what happened to Clive Owen? Where, where did he go?
1: Well, he was in born movie. He was that other agent and he killed him. So there you go.
0: Yeah, but that's it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, I'll tell you what else he was in. He was in, uh, Valerian.
1: True. Yeah. No,
0: Valerian. Valerian. No, oh, Valerian.
1: Poor eh, Valerian. Enough. <laughs> <For> that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's our recommendations for this week. I've been playing a new game this week called state of decay Two. It's, uh, from Microsoft studios and, um, it is a zombie survival game. There's not much story to it, to be honest. It's a, um, zombies have taken over, and you, you start off with you and another person who's controlled by the computer, you you control one of them, and you've got to find your way to, um, a, well, you get a mission at the beginning, you got to go and find these people, you find these people, you set up a base, and then the whole game is like, You providing supplies to the base to expand the base to be more comfortable in the base and the zombies harder for them to get to you.
1: In the base. It's all about the base. It's all about the base, base, base. So,
0: um, and then eventually you move from, like I've moved twice now. I moved, you get opportunities when you come across places where you can actually go and hole up at. The first place was just this house on a hill and we lived there for a little while but it's very small and you could only build a few different places in it. And then I found a, a distillery which we actually moved to. And the, in the distillery, I didn't like being in the distillery. It was very um zombies were just jumping over the wall all the time. It wasn't very you know safe. So um But the advantage of being in the distillery was you can actually make whiskey in the stills and then sell the whiskey to other people, get a load of money for it. Not money, but because money would be no use in an apocalypse, right?
1: Sure. I mean, somebody will design a new kind of money. Yeah, well,
0: there's no money in this world. It's more like you get influence, uh, you, you give stuff to other groups, and then other groups like you more, and then they're more likely to do a favor for you. Now, what's cool about this game, it has lots of systems involved. And we had like a, I had a little community, got like five people. And, you know, one's a farmer and they're all different people. And if you don't keep their needs satisfied, which is like uh, the Sims, like they've got little bars, (laughs) you know. And one of the the people in the group, it was a, a dude, he was like, he kept getting into arguments with everybody in the group. And I kept getting this message flashing up saying he's fighting with other people. And he doesn't think the way this is being run is fine. So I was kind of ignoring it because I was doing other stuff. I came back one night and one of the other people had had said that some ammo has been stolen. So I went and had a look. And not only had the ammo been stolen, this guy had loaded up our best truck with ammo and left. (laughs) So I haven't seen him again. If I see him, he's... Pretty much done you for. You need
1: to but, consult with Rick Grimes. Yeah. Figure out those bad plans that seem to keep him alive.
0: So I like how things like that can happen, just random things that you don't expect. Like, there's also, when people contract the zombie virus, which they can, so say you're fighting with the zombies and you get too much of the blood on you, you actually get this little bar that's like, okay, now you've got like two or three days and if you don't deal with this, you're going to be a zombie. It's called the blood plague. Now, at that mo- are that Point, you as the leader, you get the option to euthanize that person. <laughs> you get the option to try and cure them by like going and researching a cure and like which you can do. But there are moments where you have to face weird decisions, like, we had five people, we're really running low on food. You can actually say to people, um, listen, we don't think you pull weight enough here, so can you just leave? <laughs> And then you have this little scene where they just leave. Now, you don't know what's going on with those people then. Like, they leave, and they might have it in for you, and then the night after, they might all be back with a big gang, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So there's a lot of things in the game where you're like, wow, I didn't think... So essentially,
1: they're choosing, you have to choose, do I kill them to benefit the group, or do I let them live and take the risk? Right.
0: And it might even be a a person who's not even got the zombie virus or anything. They're just a person who's being a pain in the ass. There is an option to kill them now, how will the rest of the group look upon you uh, having executed a person? It's like Negan, right? Mm-hmm. he will like take some he will kill a guy to prove a point to everybody. Look, you don't do this, or oh, I'll burn this guy's face, don't mess with me kind of thing so you then you get all these decisions and you kinda like am I the kind of person who would actually kill a person because we've got not got enough food? No, I don't think so, but oh, makes life so much easier here like. So it's full of these moral decisions. I really like that. The zombie fighting itself is really cool. Like you, you've got a, a melee weapon, which could be anything from like a tire iron to like a machete, and you've also got a gun. And you know, things can get out of hand very fast. You might think, "Oh well, I can just go out and snipe a few of these zombies." Sometimes a big plague of zombies, and I'm talking like thirty you know, 20 or 30 of them come at you at once, you know, if you're not prepared for that, it can end very easily. And when a person dies in this game, they're dead. Like there is no, oh, reload the save. No, it auto saves all the time. Like, so there's no rolling back. If Something happens to your favorite person in the game. That's it. They're dead. So <laughs> you have to like live with that. I've lost two or three people now and they were my best people. And it's really sad when it happens, you're like, oh no, that was my person who I've leveled all the way up and now they're gone. So it's State of Decay 2, it's really, really cool. It's um, from Microsoft, it's on PC and Xbox, it's an exclusive, um, I recommend it. And the other game I got this week is Detroit Become Human, which is David Cage's new game, the guy who made Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Would you say we're a fan of that guy?
1: <laughs> you and I? Yeah. I don't know. Beyond Two Souls, mm, give or take. um, Heavy Rain, I didn't watch you play. He he kind of invented that genre of game. Telltale kind of ran with it. So you're answering your own question, which is, uh, yes, you're a fan.
0: I say, no, I'm saying, um, personally, um, Beyond Two Souls, I can take it or leave it. I thought it was a really good technical achievement on a PS3. You know, having... Ellen Page in your game and actually not thinking oh look it's video game Ellen Page actually the performance was all there right mm. you know you could see her emotions really good voice acting you know but that story kind of fell apart it got a bit too sci fi for me it got a bit weird yeah like it, like he didn't have any um, like restraint he just went really crazy with it at the end and it was too much so I well didn't dig that that much but this new one, Detroit Become Human, if you've ever seen the TV show Humans that we mentioned last week, it's kind of like that premise, but in America. We haven't played it yet. I'm going to play an hour of it tonight. Nice. Um, Just in, an hour? Yeah, I think we'll play an hour mm. every so often. And hours
1: we'll, not enough. I'm excessive. You yeah. play it all the way through, or don't even start. Well,
0: not all the way through. It's about 15 hours <laughs> long, I believe.
1: But, um, don't even start it.
0: We'll do a chapter, and... Uh, Well, I'll discuss it with you next... Well, we'll probably have done quite a bit of it by the time we get back next week. But yeah, Detroit Become Human, it's out now. It's David Cage's new game. He only makes a game every five years because those games take a long time to make, I think. So, um, Detroit Become Human. So, what is for dinner?
1: Jimmy John's with hummus. Because you've discovered that you're in love with the... What's it called? Hope Hope brand of hummus. And it is the Thai curry flavor... It's really Thai coconut curry. Thai coconut curry. So we're going to have that. I'll get some French fries to go with it. I'm going to go totally like lazy out on this one. And what is your advice? Don't fake it now. That's very broad. And some people would say faking it, lying. I lie all the time. I fake it all the time because, you know, you have to do that in society. Well, some things that I'm thinking of are like yesterday, I went to have lunch uh, with my niece and then went over to her house, which I had never seen. And she has two big dogs and a cat in her house. I am not an animal fan. Ironically, you and I are vegetarians. So we don't eat the animals anymore, but I don't care about animals. I don't, Cozy up to them. I don't ooh and all over them. I couldn't give a shit how soft the cat's fur is, or how cute it is, or cat pictures. None of that. I understand. I mean, I, I see that these animals have personality of their own. You know, they they respond different ways, different things. So I just see them as, I don't know, a kind of creature that I'm not particularly interested in. Like cozying up to. I don't know what else it is, but I I don't walk in the door. And when my niece, who's in love with her animals, of course, and they they think of them as their children, they have no children, and that's just how they are. I don't go like, oh, come here. Oh, you're so cute. I put my hand out, and then the one dog is like, <laughs> you know, licking my leg and licking my shoe. And I'm just like, just let me lay, the, lay it down here for you, dog. This ant, not an animal person, just so you know. And the dog, like, stared up at me. You know, like, oh, what? Why are you talking to me like that? Why aren't you going ooing and awing about how cute I am and petting me? And I'm just like, nope, nope, that is not me. So I'm not going to fake it so that my niece is in that moment. Like, I don't sit there and say, like, get the dog off me. Because I don't really care if the dog licks my foot or my leg or jumps on me. That doesn't bother me at all. I mean, if it's a big, huge dog and it's covered with snot and spit, maybe I'd be like, oh, my God, gross. But I would do that if it was somebody's snotty-nosed child. <laughs> you know what I mean? If somebody's boogery child came up and started rubbing, rubbing against me or getting on my lap or whatever, I'd be like, "Uh, can we have a tissue, please? That's exactly how I'd react. But the dog was fine. It wasn't doesn't bother me at all. The cat crawling around on me doesn't bother me. Um, I just am not going to respond in a fake way to make my niece whatever. I mean, she knows I'm not uncomfortable in her house because of her animals. I don't act uncomfortable that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm not... I can imagine my sister, who's the other aunt, one of the other aunts, would be like, oh, she loves dogs and cats. So to her, faking it would be to walk in and not grab the dog and hug it and kiss it and lick it and let it lick her face and lick her nose and go, oh my god, you're so cute, you're so cute, oh my god, no, 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 like that. You know, if she had to just sit and be like me, and if I said, just don't react to the animals, that would be her faking it, which wouldn't be fair either. You know? Right. So in those, that's what I'm talking about. Don't fake it in a in a situation just to make, to fit in or to make people think something about you that isn't true. Now, in law, every circumstance of all of human interaction, I cannot make this spread out. And, you know, don't fake it doesn't apply to everything. But in those kinds of little things, it's better for people to know who you are and maybe think like, oh... She doesn't like my animals. But I make it very clear. I even said to the animal, just so you know, if you want to ask any questions, I don't eat animals anymore. I just don't. So, you know, maybe I get a point for that. You know, I kind of talk to the dog Mm. like it's a person. Um, So, yeah, don't fake it.
0: All right. So, um, go to ascoli.com and sitar.com. There are websites. You can look at them. You can also go to Twitter and Facebook. You can look at those too. You can look at them. You can just look at it. Just look at them. And then look at them some more. You can also uh, catch this podcast. You can listen to it, not look at it, just listen to it on Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store. You can get it on uh, your Amazon device by saying your trigger word. We like to say, if we don't want to say a name, we say A word. It's the A word. So we would say she might A-word.
1: She's very clever. She'll probably cotton on to that someday. Maybe
0: eventually we She'll be like, I
1: know you're talking about me.
0: Well, maybe one day when they let <laughs> you have any name, I'll switch it, I'll set it in the app to A <laughs> word and then you'll be saying it and be like, what?
1: what?
0: <laughs> so yeah, you can say the A word and you can say, listen to the After The Show movie podcast on TuneIn and it will play you the latest episode. You can also catch the podcast on YouTube and email feedback to me at acecully at com. Don't email any feedback to Sid Talk. And secondly...
1: Unless you're a photographer and you have advice.
0: Not secondly. Lastly, I would say stay classy. um, Both Lawrence's in this movie, Jennifer Lawrence and Francis Lawrence. I would would like to see them make another movie together because they do well.
1: And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you.